Welcome to Macintosh Mod. Haven't seen what? The podcast where we make each other watch movies we should have already seen. I'm Diana. And I'm David. And today we watched Chirac. A modern day adaptation of the ancient Greek play Lysistrata by Aristophanes, set against the backdrop of gang violence in Chicago, Illinois. This is one that I had the backstory for. <laughs> well, if you've... I, I hesitate to say be in a theater class because for a lot of people, this would have been like required English reading. Yeah. Um, I say that. Maybe not this one. They probably do the frogs because this is too sexy for high school. <laughs> Definitely a little sexy for high school. But any a college English class, this could be put in there. Luz Estrada is a great play. Mm-hmm. And I really, I really love the setting for this modernized version of it. I feel like they were going for an Oh Brother, Where Art Thou vibe in that we're going to elevate this story uh, by presenting it in a different way. Cool. Into it. The execution's not great. Well, I don't know that they... It didn't feel like they were elevating so much as uh, truly adapting. Just taking it and saying... What if we reworked this into what we're seeing in society right now? I think the problem is, is that this movie's fantastic when it's not trying to be so self-serious about the, the issue. It doesn't have a sense of humor about the situation. It, it does. But, but I think we're kind of both right here. It does take itself a little too serious. Well, yes. Because the solution is awesome, but there is... A wink and a nod to it that does not show up in this movie at all. And they're using they're using the same rhyme scheme with the language. Mm-hmm. And there is a silliness to some of it. And they don't enjoy any of that. Like, they're not having fun with any of this. Oh, I wouldn't go that far at all. I think they're having plenty of fun. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson is having a fabulous time. They all are having a fabulous time. I, it does not feel that way. Inserted in the middle of that are these really lengthy, intense sequences, some of which are really beautiful, and some of which are, we fucking get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think Spike and his co-writer, because he has a co-writer here, mm-hmm. knew when to sort of let the moment go. Mm-hmm. It's okay to have some serious moments. And there is probably one of those really self-serious scenes that I would keep intact as it is. Because, and, and honestly, if you're looking at the sort of the founding piece of this, the Greek comedy, there were always a couple of those moments in those because mm-hmm. they're moral plays. The key is you do them and then you let the comedy tell the rest of the story. You don't keep coming back to it over and over and over again. <laughs> I think it ultimately comes down to the balance. It's it it's not balanced in what it's trying to do. Yeah. I wouldn't say that they're not having fun because every time we then get back into the silly part of the story, everybody on screen seems to be having the best fucking time in those characters. Yeah, I, I just don't see it that way. But I think it's just a tale of two movies. And when it's on, it's so fucking good and funny. Mm. And when it's off, it's just boring. <laughs> And I was like, come on, get back to the funny part. Yeah. Get back to Samuel L. Jackson as a Greek chorus. It's amazing. All right. Well, the budget for this movie was $2,650,000. 
not a lot, but you don't need a lot to make a movie in 2015 anymore. Mm-hmm. It grossed 1.2 million in the U.S. and 2,700,000 in global. So it doesn't make a whole lot. But here's the kicker. This is Amazon Studios' first original film. Mm-hmm. Their first ever movie mm-hmm. was Chirac. That's pretty cool. It's a big swing. It's a really big swing. I mean, look, issues aside, the audacity of Spike to tell this story this way is pretty fucking ballsy. Mm-hmm. I give him a lot of credit for that. Yeah. And for being so in your face about how he tells the story, which I think plays to the credit of like, they did understand that the Greek comedy was body and grown up and in your face mm-hmm. on purpose. And so I think they nailed that. But yeah, it is it is really interesting to look at the the money on this movie. And it's like, well, it didn't really do a whole lot, but also it didn't matter because that wasn't the point. Yeah. Spike got to tell a really interesting story in a unique way. And Amazon got to make a big statement for their first swing out of the gate. Yeah. So. All right. Well, let's talk about our writing. And we start with a writer with a single name. Aristophanes, <laughs> the creator of comedy. Well, now let's let's backtrack that a bit. The creator of Greek comedy and what we recognize as the Western canon. There are plenty of comedic writers that were around in other places besides the West. So I don't I don't want to short shrift that. But he is the total opposite of all his dramatic cohorts. And yes, we are theater majors, so we can. We can talk a little about Aristophanes. A little bit, yes. I, I think the key thing for me always was like, when you've, whenever you read Aristophanes, it was literally the polar opposite of all of the Greek dramas you ever read. Yes. Like, you'd read Oedipus, or you would read Agamemnon, and you'd be like, okay, well, I get it, and there's some interesting stuff, but like, it's a very, you know, plot point by plot point thing. And then you read Aristophanes, it's like, yeah, see all that shit they did? Throw it out the fucking window. Yeah. Well, and also, he wrote women. Yes. Which is also a huge departure. Women are in many uh, other Greek plays as well, but a lot of times they're the chorus. Yeah, he, he broke the rules. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because he broke the rules in a very specific way that created their own rules for comedy, which were followed for a really fucking long time. Mm-hmm. But when you go read his plays, they feel fresh, though. It's the reason why you can make a movie in 2015 based off of Lysistrata, and it still packs a punch Mm -hmm. as long as you get the point of what he's doing. Now, for our actual screenwriters, we have Spike Lee, who we've talked about extensively, Mm -hmm. but we have a new player entering the game, Kevin Wilmot. Now, before this, Kevin worked on the 70s, the television series, and then wrote CSA, The Confederate States of America and the battle for Bunker Hill. After this, he co-wrote Black Klansman and The Five Bloods, along with The 24th. So yes, Wilmot is now Spike's primary writing collaborator. Okay. I think going forward, we're going to see a lot of his credits alongside Spike on writing all these movies. So knowing that, because you know Black Klansman, Mm -hmm. and we're going to watch The Five Bloods, what do you think of the writing of this movie? It's clunky. Clunky. Yeah, it's clunky. I like that they kept the rhyme scheme, but I 
again, I think like we talked about, I think they didn't know how to balance it. Because hmm. it, it seems like sometimes they're going for a joke when they shouldn't be or they should have leaned harder into it. And it, it just it's it's a weird balance with the language, which is very hard to pull off. <laughs> like that's again, this is a huge swing or a, a first time at bat, but uh, and, and, and... see, I don't, I don't feel that way so much. Mm-hmm. I just see the movie as a little, it, it's trying to be a few too many movies in one. Mm-hmm. And uh, to your point, I do think it would have been more interesting if there were more characters who dropped the rhyme scheme. Cause we really only have one through the whole movie. Yes. And when it happens, it's great. Because it totally makes sense for that character not to talk in rhyme. Yes. And I wish they had sort of seen, figured out which characters didn't need to do that. Yeah. Or if they did that only to speak to the camera um, to kind of set some framework or to lighten how much they leaned into it. Yeah. And, and probably like the worst, the worst offender on this. Mm-hmm is John Cusack's character. Yes. That character, we are presented with him in such a powerful moment without the rhyme scheme. Yes. He should be outside of that realm because he is outside of that world Mm -hmm. and instead should not be in the rhyme because then the second time we see him, he's doing the rhyme. And Mm -hmm. it's like, no, (laughs) that is probably my biggest thing is you should have decided, you know, Chirac, Lysistrata, Cyclops, these types of characters, yes, they're in the rhyme the entire movie through. Mm-hmm. And then some of them just aren't. And you've got to decide which ones are and aren't. Because when you do that, it signifies where these characters sit within this world. Mm-hmm. Like that is probably the biggest issue with using that. And, and then it's purposeful when you're like, oh, yeah, you know, these people are deep in the comedy, whereas these people are watching from the outside. <sighs> Yeah, again, it it comes back to balance because there's a part of me that's thinking, well, then why couldn't you have used the original language like in, you know, Romeo plus Juliet? (laughs) Well, because I don't think it's a one to one direct tie with the subject they're they're trying to talk about. No, I, I don't disagree. However, it's a very similar concept. So that's where I'm thinking I'm comparing it to those two films because the language used in it is so strong and here it's not. See, I think it is. (laughs) I I see. I I don't. Yeah, I I don't. I don't agree with that. I I think it's very smart and witty and and smart in how they're adapting it to the environment they've put it in. I think if you to try to do it just as straight Lysistrata from Aristophanes in this world, I don't think it works as well. Mm-hmm. I just think that there's too much other stuff going on that detracts from it. This movie could be an hour and a half in and out, mm-hmm. and we'd be fine with, again, one big exception. And the one big exception, I've said it a couple of times, it's, it's Father Corridan's speech in the church. That speech should stay because I think Story-wise, it makes a huge point mm-hmm. and brings the weight and the gravity of what's going on with all of this to everybody's forefront. The only thing with that is, is that that should be the only time that happens. Mm-hmm. 
then the whole rest of the movie is all this ridiculous shit to finally get the attention of the men to stop doing this. Mm-hmm. Like that's how you would that's how you would actually structure a Greek comedy. You would bring in this horrible weighty mess, and then you're like, and now we're gonna do this wackiness to bring the moral correctness back. Mm-hmm. That's that's how it's structured, and they didn't do that. They kept coming back to this like deeper well of stuff, and it was like that's a mistake. <sighs> Look, we both agree it's not perfect. <laughs> no, and I don't hate it. It's messy. I think we just disagree on. What, how you fix the messiness. Mm-hmm. Now, let's move on to our directing, Mr. Spike Lee, who, wow, does he go for it. Yes. Look, man, I think we said this multiple times. Like, the scripts can be on or off, but he goes for it. And man, does he pull out all the stops for this mm-hmm. one. I mean, all the design, all the conception of the different areas. I think that's probably the biggest, most interesting thing from the movie. Yes, I think this is his best designed film. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it is. They and defi- granted. They definitely threw money at that. And, and that's, here's the thing. Maybe best isn't great because we have Black Klansman after this, which is also gorgeous. I feel like this movie has a very particular style, like Do the Right Thing had a very particular style, and it works very well for the film. The, the directing style and the vision is unified through the whole movie. Mm-hmm. There's not any parts that are kind of like weirdly out of place, I think. That, mm-hmm. and, and we got that with stuff like Do the Right Thing. We yeah. got that with Black Klansman. We've had it for a couple other movies. And the clo- I think um, Crooklyn definitely has that element. Uh, not as much. I will note Ruth E. Carter is still doing all the costumes, which she's been doing the entire time for Spike. Mm-hmm. And of course, she is. Now an Oscar winner, so because she's the fucking shit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think he he's dialed in on his vision, mm-hmm. and I think between this and Black Klansmen, both of those, even if I, I I didn't recall as many issues with writing, but I think people could probably find some faults in Black Klansmen. Even then, how well it's put together, you can't dispute it. True, like that is the one thing from this movie, and it's. It's interesting because this is coming at a time where Spike is coming off some real not good movies, like critically and audience wise, just nobody's liking what he's doing Mm -hmm. for a while. He's kind of in the wilderness. And this was a huge step back for him. And, you know, just like we said, after seeing Black Klansman, it's like, okay, he's kind of refound a style and a way he wants to attack things. And I think that makes for better movies. Mm-hmm. going forward fingers crossed all right well let's get into our cast and oh man diana mm-hmm. you weren't prepared for our lead were you here's the thing when this movie first came out it was definitely on our radar to see we wanted to see it what year was this again 2015 okay so this was pre-podcast but still very much in our this is oscar bait this is on our radar we want to know what's going on with this film and i had because of the poster. I thought it was Yaya. Oh, I can't remember her last name. I, I feel like it's Costa, but a contestant from a contestant from uh, America's Next Step Model who's become an actress and she's very good. But now I know it's Tiana Paris and I'm like, mm-hmm. fuck. Mm-hmm. Before any of us knew who she was. Well, that's not true. Nope. I knew who she was. Because, we did know who she was. Because she was on Mad Men. Yes. 
Yes, that's that's when she really came on our radar. Yes. Um, before she became on Marvel's radar. Uh, also true. Mm-hmm. But she's not the lead of this movie. She 100 fucking percent is the lead. Well, yes, but she is not the credited lead. The credited lead playing Chirac is Nick Cannon. Fuck that guy. (laughs) (laughs) He is so bad in this movie. Whoa. Hold on. Hold your horses. All right. Before this, he was in all that. Drumline, Love Don't Cost a Thing, Garfield, Shall We Dance, Roll Bounce, and Monster House. After this... He started hosting television. America's Got Talent, Wild and Out, etc. And now he he has a lot of children. Let's just leave it at that. No. Okay. Not that. I here's the thing. I'm Nick Cannon, the actor, I really don't have a big problem with. I really liked him in Drumline. And he was a pretty good host when he did hosting things. He's got that he he's just very affable uh, and you know, and f- fun guy to chat with vibe he would make a pretty good talk show host i think yeah um but in this film he thinks he is hot shit in a way that does not feel earned for the actual character and it feels so phoned in i I, it's so there's just like nothing behind it it's so bad i completely disagree i that's not at all what it is the problem for me is that it's nick fucking cannon trying to be hard and I'm sorry, we've grown up with Nick Cannon. <laughs> like, it's it's impossible to see him in this role with the attitude he's supposed to have. The, the thing is, he's supposed to be hot shit. That is supposed to be the character. No, I, I understand that, but none of it comes off. He cannot pull this character off at all. Well, I, I think that's true. But I don't necessarily think that that's because he's full of himself about it. I think that's because Spike woefully just miscast this role and Nick Cannon did the best he possibly could. Mm-hmm. I, I, again, it just it, it starts with the fact that you are already asking me, a millennial, to somehow buy in that Nick Cannon can be, you know, an actual tough guy because that's an uphill battle to start. Based on what we've seen him in and what we knew him from. Mm-hmm. And then the only way that's accomplished is if he has the talent to pull it off. And I'm sorry, Nick Cannon seems like a very good, decent face to put on television and stuff like that. But he is not a great actor. No. So I, that's that's really the problem for me. Is it was just like it was an uphill battle to begin with. And then you don't have a guy that can put it in fifth gear. Mm-hmm. Now, on the flip side. Then we have Tiana Paris as Lysistrata. And again, I, the billing on this is more than likely she's still relatively a newcomer. Mm-hmm. That's all it boils down to. Before this, she was in How Do You Know, Mad Men, Dear White People, and they came together. After this, Survivor's Remorse, Empire, If Beale Street Could Talk, The Photograph, WandaVision, Candyman. And recently, they cloned Tyrone. Coming soon, she will be in The Marvels. Woohoo! What do we think of Tiana Paris in this movie? She's the fucking shit. Holy goddamn. Man, this woman, she's everything I've seen her in. She's so fun. Uh, She's so like, she's such a presence that you cannot teach people. She Mm -hmm. just has that. And this, to see her in this gear is so fun. Mm -hmm. Because she has so much conviction and she just owns every scene she's in. It is so fun to watch her. Yes. 
Yes. I absolutely. I, I want to see her in a thousand more things. <sighs> I mean, to be fair, I think I think they clone Tyrone has similar vibes to that, although it is more of a setup of a black exploitation sci-fi film. But uh-huh. I, I think you will get a lot of the same absolute funness. We need we need her to do stuff like Kiki Palmer. Great. Well, she did Candyman, which she yes. was fabulous in. And that while um It's a lot more serious. It, it was a more serious well, you know, it's the same it's a very similar type of role and she was fabulous in it. That movie was great. It's wonderful update mm-hmm. sequel reboot of that franchise jordan peele killing it um i just want to see her in more things i want to see her in everything well she's she's busy under contract to marvel that's that's fine she'll get to do other things yeah, yeah yeah all right then we have maybe the person who steals this entire movie for me not mm. as mr wesley snipes as cyclops he was having a lot of fun i was not aware that wesley snipes could do this same we kind of should have known based on what we saw from mo better blues mm-hmm. with the sort of like interesting levels it was like oh this is not action star wesley snipes this is like kind of stuff and you know you think back he, he was willie mays hayes in major league like he can do comedy mm-hmm. but holy shit he just fully came up with a character and played it the whole goddamn movie yeah and especially for the fact that he's in it for like 20 minutes. But he's having a great time. Every time he's on screen, I was like, more, more Cyclops. Holy yes. shit. That laugh, that stupid giggle he did. Yeah. Man, this is one of those best, like he, he had to go through the ringer and be in so much shit because of all the tax crap he went through. But this is one of those first roles where everybody was like, oh, yeah, we forgot. Wesley Snipes can actually, you know, act. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and finally, playing Miss Helen, Angela Bassett. She's a treasure. Now, I'm going to say this. She has only been an Arpon up until this point. Mm, okay. We actually have to give her credits. Before this, she did lots of TV and small roles. Now, she has been on the show before with Boys in the Hood, mm-hmm. which is a breakout role. Malcolm X, What's Love Got to Do With It? Panther, Strange Days, Waiting to Exhale, Contact, How Stella Got Her Groove Back, Music of the Heart, Supernova, The Score, Masked and Anonymous, Mr. 3000, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Aquila and the Bean, Notorious Green Lantern, This Means War, and Olympus Has Fallen. After this, London Has Fallen, Black Panther, she was an Arpon again in Mission Impossible Fallout, Avengers Endgame, Soul, Gunpowder Milkshake, What If, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, and the television series 911. She's just doing Angela Bassett things in this movie. She's just amazing and so fun. That scene with the insurance salesman? Yeah. That was good. Every movie, you got to have Angela Bassett just get that one scene. Even for the fact that she is a side character. Mm -hmm. And not the focus, but having her there just adds to the presence. We'd have just gotten somebody who could actually be Chirac. I know. This, okay, this would have been great for, I mean... This would have been a great Chadwick Boseman role. This would have been a great Michael B. Jordan role. Um, any of those dudes would have been awesome. And Michael B. Jordan was still, I think this was the same year as Fruitvale Station or relatively around it, which was the, the sort of indie breakout for him. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, this, this would have been a fantastic role for him. It just, it doesn't work with Nick Cannon. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Arpons. Random people of note. 
Samuel L. Jackson as Dolmides. Holy fucking shit. Yep. Look, we know Samuel L. Jackson is perfectly capable of being your the most outstanding foul mouth narrator ever. Mm-hmm. But it's like they took it to the third level up from that. <laughs> He's so fucking good in this movie. He is having so much fun because that's how he do. But he's just, he's placed very well because it's Samuel L. Jackson. You've got to put him in a role where he's special. This is a great place to put him. Yep. It's, it is, it is absolutely fitting. It's very much like DJ Senor Love Dad. Yes, but that's the point. And I think they absolutely, it's one of their big successes in the writing. They put him in just the right moments to have him used and then didn't, didn't put him in more than Mm-hmm. And it works so well. We have John Cusack as Father Mike Corridan. He's also just excellent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so cool to watch him. That whole scene, it's long, but man, I would if you can find it on YouTube, I say watch it. Because it's just a good fucking breakdown of the bullshit that cities are in. Mm-hmm. It is just a pure breakdown. It's a little, it's a little on the nose and a little reductive, but it's just really well done. <laughs> Yes. And he's John fucking Cusack. And this is his city. Yeah, he's a big Chicago guy. Which, I love that. I love that. Jennifer Hudson as Irene. It's Jennifer Hudson. One of our many characters that does not talk in rhyme. Yes. And actually, good move to not have her talk in rhyme. Yeah, I think that would have... More of these. More of these characters. It would have distracted from her pain. Yes. And then, of course, you know, she has like two or three songs in the movie, too, because mm-hmm. she's there. You might as well. It's Jennifer Hudson. If she shows up, she's going to sing. <laughs> David Patrick Kelly as General King Kong. He was the annoying neighbor in Crooklyn. He was on Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. D.B. Sweeney as Mayor McLeod. I, I was, again, he's a Chicago guy. <laughs> I love him because I love The Cutting Edge. It's one of my most formative films as a kid i was in love with that film and he's the lead mm-hmm. i can't and we watched it for this show we did many many years ago and it's just one of those ones where i just i look at him and i instantly think doug can breed <laughs> <laughs> i just i mean he's great he's good in this he's just a total asshole yeah he's great at that it's very funny uh harry lennox as commissioner blades this is commander Locke from the matrix reloaded and revolutions mm-hmm Felicia Pearson as Danya, one of the ladies. It's Snoop from The Wire. Yeah. Irma P. Hall as Miss Dr. Aesop. This is the older woman who faces off against Tom Hanks and the crew in The Lady Killers, the Coen Brothers update. Mm, I've never actually seen that. Isaiah Whitlock Jr. as Bacchus. Shit. The fact that they work shit into a Greek rhyming comedy. Mm Mm-hmm. Pretty great. Yeah. Dave Chappelle as Morris. I mean, he's good. Yeah. It's I hate just... to have to say it. Yeah, well, he's he's in timeout right now. <sighs> Satchel Lee as a member of Lysistrata's army. This is Spike's daughter. Mm-hmm. And finally, Takia Crystal Kima as Lord. She is the mom on That's So Raven and was in In Living Color. Finally, we only have one piece of trivia here. Mm-hmm. Then mayor of Chicago, Rahm Emanuel, wanted Spike to change the name, thinking it would hurt Chicago's image. I think Spike is perfectly acceptable to not do that, because fuck Rahm Emanuel, he's a monster person. Facts. 
Ratings. Ratings. Okay. For every movie, we have a specific rating system. For this one, are we going to do the chastity locks? Okay. The like bandolero chastity locks that they have? Sure. I mean, I don't have a better one. What no, else are we going to do? I don't either. Uh, I'll go first. Three and a half. Mm-hmm. There's a lot I like about this movie. When it's fun and it's on, it's so fun and, and interesting to watch. And when it is dramatic to the point of the comedy, it's really captivating and I think serves the purpose. They just do that too much when we're all trying to remember that this is a comedy. Mm-hmm. Like One of the key points is like, yes, we should talk about the tragedy and we do need to talk about the deeper message, but it can't undercut the main structure of what you're doing. And that to me is the big problem. And then, you know, there's the Nick Cannon of it all, which just like does not work. Mm-hmm. With all that, I still really liked it. I still really liked watching it. It was one of the better ones that I've seen. I'm going to give it three and a half. That's exactly what I was going to give it. Hey! Three and a half. Because it's a great effort. It's a great story. I love the setting. The cast, with a few exceptions, is very good. But it, it's that balance that's off. And yeah, it's just, it, it, needs, it needs another look. That script needs another look before it was ready to go. So it's a three and a half. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we we are almost done with this series, Diana, mm-hmm. because we saw Spike's next film. We actually saw that. Yeah. And it was X-Men's fantastic. Men. Yeah. Loved it. And then his most recent film mm-hmm. is a Netflix joint. Oh, OK. So we are going to go watch The Five Bloods. All right. Well, until next time. Have a good movie. Thanks for listening. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.